Welcome everyone to Reliving the Extreme. Nate Maxson here with you, and this week we are going to go through and review, relive, I guess, the episode of ECW from October the 18th, 1994. And I am joined, of course, by my brother Aaron. What's up, people? And everyone's favorite, Dairyman, Mr. Chad Austin. <laughs> the Milkman cometh, buddy. Chad, Too bad but... I wasn't a Milkman back in ECW. 911 could have, you know how great that would have been? Just walking around selling milk by the cartons. <laughs> I picture one. I picture the old fashioned glass bottles. That's what I picture. The old glass bottles. All right. Well, take, I'm the guy. I'm the guy that goes around and collects the empties. Taking taking a choke slam. Milk goes everywhere. Right. I am now, man. <laughs> if, I, if that happened today, it'd be milk everywhere. Well, like I said, everybody, we're discussing the week of or the uh, episode from October the 18th, 1994 of ECW TV. I actually, and we'll get into the reasons why, I actually did like a lot of this episode. There's some some goofy stuff, but one thing that I have noticed, and you guys tell me if you think I'm wrong before we get into this, and also we'll get into uh, a paragraph or two of Chad's Wikipedia page, because that's going to be, that's going to be a segment we can, we can roll out over a few weeks, but... My wife's just shaking her head over here. Fact-checking your... What's that? We'll start it from yeah. the top. We'll start from the top, do a couple paragraphs a week. But anyway, um, <laughs> the do you notice as you as we watch the show, especially lately the past couple of weeks, the, the roster is starting to look more and more like a roster of actual stars. You know what I mean? Like... I don't know. I, I noticed it the most when I saw the when I saw Cactus and Sabu get in the ring for their match, and we're going to talk about it later. But it's just like, wow, these guys have so much more of a, a star presence than the roster that we saw like six months to a year ago. No, of like, course it did. Yeah, it's just I I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Is this if this is the era when when checks start? It has to be kind of the era when checks started bouncing because I, I'm not. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm not even there a whole calendar year yet. I mean, still, mm-hmm. like I'm gone, and you know, and and literally, I'm sure like a few months or whatever. I don't know when. By the time we actually discuss it, but yeah, I was my last stop was in '96. So the uh, let's you want to do the Wikipedia thing first? Get that out of the way. I think it's going to be fun because I want to see how much you're going to be like. That's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, I had I had not I had nothing to do with it, and I feel sorry for the person who took the time out to make it. What are we going to read about Chad's early career? Yes. Oh, good lord! Right. I, I hope this is the one with the names. I can read it, or you can read it, Aaron. It doesn't matter. Whatever you want to. <laughs> it's up to you, man. I've been drinking since night. I've been drinking since seven, so it's up to you. So last week, or last week, we read um, the opening salvo of Chad's uh, Wikipedia page. Um, Read his early life, early career, or whatever, 1991. All right, 1991 to 1993. Born in Red Bank, New Jersey. Yeah. Nope. Is that? Nope. <laughs> I've never even been there. Oh, yeah, I did. I have actually have gone to Red Bank, but... I I forgot what it was for. That's pretty much close to the Jersey Shore, I believe. Like that would have been probably the only reason why I went there. I believe I've been there. It's just is a regular your, neighborhood. Is your last name really Slavinsky? Yeah, that bullshit too. Okay, all right. Unfortunately, well, Chad Slavinsky. I, I couldn't fit. The reason why I changed it to Austin was I couldn't fit all the letters if I put the letters on my ass. It would have to start on my hips. 
and, and wrap around. Wrap around like Mark Henry's titties. You have to wrap or have around. To, or I have to wear like one of them butcher singlets, and it would have to be running down from the shoulder strap all the way down to the middle. Uh, you trained under Don Owens and made, right, your wrestling de- and made your wrestling debut September 11th, 1991. Uh, that was the, the second uh, biggest disaster ever happened. <laughs> Don Owens, man. I mean, he would—he would have had to have been eighty. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think he ever actually trained anybody. Did no? He, he was just the <laughs> promoter, fucking promoter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, he was. I still watch like nineteen ninety and ninety one Portland, and he literally is like eighty years old. And like, how would anybody even take that remotely serious? It's not like he's like Vern Gagne. <laughs> oh, he's out there just stressing people. <laughs> That's the best. All right. He spent two years on the East Coast and Mid-Atlantic Indie Circuit, as well as stints in the United States Wrestling Association and Smoky Mountain Wrestling, prior to joining Todd Gorton and Eastern Championship Wrestling in Philadelphia in late 1993. I think you were in ECW before Smoky Mountain, weren't you? No. Hmm. Because remember when I came back and I did the whole the thing about Smoky Mountain on ECW TV? Oh, shit, yeah, yeah. That's because I had, I had already went there. That's when I got home from doing the show. And um, I got my mom t- told me, that she's like, hey, somebody from Philadelphia called tonight and wanted me to give you a message. Yeah, what's that? You're fired. And guess who it was? It was uh, the guest house guest or the second house no, guest. No, no, it was even better than that. It was Feinstein. Oh, yeah. I got fired by Rob Feinstein from ECW. He was the hatchet man. Don't worry. I think I still have the tape. <laughs> so there's the first paragraph. Want to do another paragraph? Sure. God, no. That's fucking... I mean, I don't know who couldn't take the time out to think about that realistically. <laughs> You've got to be insane. Like, Or if it's him or it's going to be like or Sam Mushnick. <laughs> <laughs> Are you fucking, what is the matter with you? Puffing on a cigar, hip lock. <laughs> yeah. And like, of course, any, all of them guys, they never train anybody. I mean, I've seen it done a bazillion times where a halfway decent name will take a guy into the ring and he'll pretty much never get in the ring with them. Mm-hmm. Either he just tells them to run. You know, you've heard all the Bud Sawyer stories. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's some shit to do to people, man. That, that is really, really crappy, man. That's the kind of guy that dude was. But I, I've always been associated with legitimate, legitimate wrestling schools. A lot of this, I do. A lot of this, we've already this paragraph we've already kind of covered uh, through watching ECW, but I'll read it anyway. Extreme Championship Wrestling, 1993 to 1996. First paragraph: Savinsky made his ECW debut as Chad Austin on its third on ECW's third major show, the two-day NWA Bloodfest at the ECW Arena on October 1st, 1993. I don't remember who I worked, but I don't. I don't think that was. I don't think it was on that show. According to the fine proprietor of your Wikipedia page, on both nights you wrestled the Bad Breed, Ian and Axel Rotten, with Todd Shaw. And Donnie Allen, respective. Um, yeah, that match has existed. So that clearly must have been a TV taping weekend or something, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, because it, yeah, yeah, it actually, yes, it says here, these matches were later broadcast on the first episodes of ECW Hardcore TV during the next few weeks. And yeah, then I mean, kind of go to cool. 
kind of going away from ECW, the last thing on the paragraph here. On November 14th, 93, Austin was the sole survivor of a six-man elimination tag team match with Watsumi the Rising Sun <laughs> and Joe and Joe College, College against the American Ninja and Johnny Paradise and the oh. Comet at Kenwood ah. High School in Essex, Maryland. I just love how they randomly have this match result in here. Well, I mean, was there one name in, in that match? Like, legitimate name? You. <laughs> I mean, come on. I said, like, yeah, I mean, that, that's pretty bad. <laughs> I, I don't even remember. Did I? Did it say if I won? Yes, you were the sole survivor of this elimination match. <laughs> I got to see if I have this. I love the name Watsumi the Rising Sun. Dude, it's funny because Watsumi... Is anywhere on that on that card mentioned the guy named Ricky Blues? No. <coughs> um. What about what about Ricky? What about the thing his name could have been like Hard Rock Ricky Lane or something or Outrageous Ricky Ricky Lane? No. All I've got here is Joe College, the American Ninja, <laughs> Johnny Paradise, and the Comet. <laughs> all right. Well, I don't really know who the American Ninja was. I. <laughs> It definitely wasn't Bob. There's, there's, I was about to say, was it Bob Starr? No. Bob Bob can pull off a lot of stupid gimmicks, but he's not pulling off the American Ninja. <laughs> and he definitely didn't go to college. He don't even know how to use the Ninja Chopper thing for the food. He ain't doing that shit. Bob. I kill him. I feel like Miss right. Jess wrote your Wikipedia. What, Aaron? I said, I feel like Miss Jess wrote his Wikipedia. <laughs> if I wrote it, it would be right. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It would be mine. There'd be some goddamn facts on there. That, that's probably somebody's facts, but it's they, mine. And they just felt that they, they, they felt like a Mad Lib or something, and they decided to fuck yeah. with me. Jed lost his job at Food Town in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, due to the excessive drinking. <laughs> and, and, and we found several heads of lettuce at his locker. <laughs> like they got me on camera, just like taking my foot, holding the door open, and showing the, the lettuce. <laughs> trying to squeeze two more heads in. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you, man, it's a show. <laughs> All right, we'll put the Wikipedia away for the week. We'll get back into it again next week. I'm going to turn this into something. This is going to be like 10 fucking weeks worth of shit. All right. <laughs> fucking guy. Trying to be professional. We Great start back. Put it back on the rails. All right. <laughs> we, we start the, the episode of ECW October 19th, 94 with a video um, kind of recapping everything going on with Sandman set to music that didn't make any fun to happen. Oh, man. What would... What was the music that they really used? It sounded like something from Charlie from the Charlie the 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 song on the WWF network sounded like something from like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, like when he's like, oh, whatever. But I don't I don't know what they were using on the ECW show because I tried to find it, like I YouTubed it, and when I YouTubed the show, it was just a YouTube copy of what the WWE Network did. So I was like, I don't know what this fucking song was. <laughs> I, I wonder, I mean, I'm pretty sure I have it, but I just got, I just have 
so many spindles of everything to, it would just take me it would probably take me a whole day like a work day like six seven eight hours to go through them all but i but i, I i'm pretty sure i have every i have and if not every i have like 98 percent of everything that ecw ever i mean even hardcore with the fan cams or whatever yeah i think i have all of them i got them from the judge and it might sound dumb but Looking at the time frame of the show and what they were trying to do, I think I could be wrong, but I think they might have used November Rain. Oh, okay, could be, could be. Well, I mean, I don't know because don't they usually put the graphic up? Like if it's a copyrighted song, don't they usually put courtesy of Geffen? Yeah, they. Yeah, but do they? I don't know. Does WWE edit that out? I guess we'll find out. Like we'll figure it out in weeks to come because they're this is this is where they're really starting to to use copyrighted music. Um, oh yeah, dude. And, that was that was what seventy five percent of the, of the lore of ECW to begin with. Yeah, not giving a fuck. Yeah, <laughs> guys. Honestly, I, I like like I said, I don't want to sound dumb or whatever, but I think this is probably a November rain video. Really? Well, the result of it is they announced that uh, Sandman is retiring because of his eye injury, courtesy of, as Aaron called him, put upon Tommy Dreamer. Um, <laughs> and uh, that is the announcement. And we're going to kind of see a, a story going through the episode about this. With, uh, and we'll get to it. But people, people kind of uh, abandoning Sandman, shitting on Sandman. Because really, in, in you know, in retrospect, why would you feel mercy on it? But anyway, well, I guess maybe you would. Aaron always says he's kind of the baby face of the situation. Sandman's the baby face in every fucking angle he's been in. <laughs> yeah, he's still he's still supposed to be the heel. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, well, obviously, we're. I mean, definitely, we're getting closer to where he becomes like the real Sandman. Mm-hmm. You know when the entry when the enter music comes out and he does the whole crowd thing. I mean that's coming up pretty soon. It has. To. I mean I don't have any idea what's on the horizon as far as the next few shows because they're all just kind of like a blur to me. And I, and I kind of remember things by like what ring they're they're using. Right. <laughs> oh, I remember that. That's Teddy's ring or that's Max's ring. You know what I mean? So I kind of like, I look a little kind of like that. The um, the next thing on the show we go to the public enemy. Against Tony Stetson and Rock and Rebel, we oh, haven't yeah. seen Stetson in a while, and uh, essentially probably the just... not going to see him a whole lot more. <laughs> the just I think of this... sure the next time you see him, it's probably me and him against nine one one. The gist of this match is that the Public Enemy is just beating the shit out of uh, Tony Stetson with baseball bats, and uh, Rock and Rebels laying on the outside of the ring, pretty much. Oh yeah, Rebel didn't want any of that nonsense. <laughs> He's Rebel smart. He's like, oh hell no. But Stetson's leaving, and, and little did Rebel know that he was right behind him. Yeah, <laughs> one of them's. Well, yeah, well, I was gonna say one of them's clued in, and the other one isn't. Yeah, he's like, oh, look at that shit. They got rid of fucking Stetson. Oh, that's fucked up. <laughs> all right, buddy. Well, you can fucking go join him. Oh, that's all. Yeah, that's even more fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, brother, come on. I'm pretty sure that I, I'm willing to make a bet. That, that that happened. Oh, come on, brother. You know, like just I could just hear Chuck be- like begging not to, I, I don't know, maybe there was but something happened. Bad blood. Cause Chuck wasn't like really Chuck was in it for the money, man. For like mm. for real, real. He wasn't in it for any, you know, any of the bullshit like fame or anything. He just wanted to get paid. Right. He was all about money. Aaron, any comments on this uh public enemy Rebel. thing? 
Love me some rock and rebel. I'd like me some rock and rebel too. And it's like you guys said, like Rebel saw that Stessa was getting his ass beat. Um, he rolled out, and it probably wasn't like necessarily something they told him to do. But he was just like, "I'm going anyway. <laughs> I'm going anyway." And if they change their mind, I'm not going to be on fucking camera getting my ass kicked, <laughs> get murdered. Yeah. To let Tony Stetson get fucking murdered. And Stetson looked, he actually looked completely different than what he looked when he was in fucking Cabrini. He did. I, I mean, I'll take your word on that, man. Like, he didn't have the long hair. He had short hair. He was in different. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly. I got you. But I just, I think this was Rebel looking at, oh, okay, these guys are going to beat me down with baseball bats or do whatever they're going to do. And I'll just drop out and let fucking Stetson take the heat and <laughs> let him be on TV getting his ass whooped. Yeah. Too bad. I didn't, I never thought that way. I always ran in for an extra choke slam. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> he only did three this time. Yeah. You know what? That's more fucking TV time. Come on. Yeah. Well, I'm, oh yeah. That's what I'm talking about. I'm just, yeah. I, I mean, of course it is. I'll, I'll take as many as you want me to take until they start not feeling good. Right. Which is usually like any. Three is usually it. First two are passable. After that, three starts to hurt. Four, forget about it. And five, you're you're lucky if you're getting out of there without a treasure. So a question, and this is uh, sometimes <coughs> I, I feel stupid. I guess I feel stupid asking you non-worker, then asking you questions like this. But because I'm not a worker, I guess sometimes I don't know. It may sound like a stupid question to you, but when you take a choke slam, the bump. The bump off the choke slam is that is that you or is that the guy giving you the choke slam? Well, it's it's supposed to. I would say it's probably almost. It's probably half and half because and like the way it's supposed to be done is you grab the guy by the back of his neck and you grab him or grab him by his neck and then you grab him by his back and then or, and you you know you just pick him up and you and in the process of like picking him up you can kind of swing his legs. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to the side, and then you just you, you you look like you're driving him down, but you just help him put him down. Right. I mean, I, I mean, and like I said, unless it's the third one. Yeah, and I guess because I guess what made me because I was always thinking, or I'm thinking, like when somebody takes a back body drop, you know, once you're in the air, it's on you to how you fall, and that's why I was wondering: is the choke slam the same way, or does your does the other guy have so much momentum that they can? definitely affect oh it's a yeah i mean it's he's got to help you dude because i mean you know how easy it would be for me to to think that i'm going up properly but in all actuality the guy's just gonna lift me and jerk me real quick like you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like you know that would fuck that would fuck me up (laughs) (laughs) because you're more likely gonna come down the back of your head i mean you're definitely gonna bump the back of your head but you might come down your head or your neck Mm-hmm. So, like, that's why I, I don't know who. That's why people people give Paul White a bunch of shit for his choke slams, but dude, he could kill somebody. Right? <laughs> like, yeah, he legitimately could hurt somebody yeah. pretty fucking bad if he choke slammed them for real. No wonder. So is, it ask, is it like where Nate was saying where it's decided by? Um, what they do to you is it decided by the distance they take you up? Uh, whatever he, whatever his strength's going to let him, man. <laughs> I mean, if he's six, what was he? Six seven, probably. Yeah, 
probably I don't know what they build him at, but legitimately, probably six seven. So at least my my head and my torso is going above his head. (laughs) That's about how the first one and two go, Mm -hmm. and then after that, it becomes more of a push. Like I jump up and like, like push all of his forearms. <laughs> What's that? Like like the first one might be like above the shoulder, but maybe when you get to like three, he's like at armpit level. Oh like, yeah, he's yeah. There he 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 loses that strength drastically. That's why I, I I can't believe we never got to the him and Big Cat feud. We never saw a match, did we? Oh, or he mm. just got chokeslammed. No, yeah, there was no match. And if there was a match, it didn't look like a match. Oh, oh poor Big Cat. <laughs> so after this, um, after the public enemy thing, um, Joey is going to do an interview over the phone with Woman concerning the Sandman. And as always, Woman's he great. fucking fantastic. Yes. Essentially, the gist of it is, um, well... Uh, this client has served his purpose, and I'm moving on. <laughs> right? I mean, I love how she mentioned, like, all the people that she managed. And, I mean, and, and everybody knew about Kevin. So, mm-hmm. And it was like, but, you know, Doom. That was a, that that would somehow be, I don't know why or what it was about it, but that was one of my, like, favorite angles, especially of that era. Yes. I mean, because you had no idea, like, who anybody was. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it and it was definitely probably pre like real internet. So all you had to go by was what every Saturday when you get your mail and it fucking says Campbell, California on it. And who knows how how accurate that shit even was. I thought I thought this shit was funny because woman was like, I managed Kevin Sullivan, who's my husband. And then she says Rick Blair, Doom, and then I managed the Steiner Brothers, and then she ends her resume with. DC Drake. <laughs> uh, I, I wish he was just one on, and the names just got worse and worse. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Just keep going and just start making up names. <laughs> you know, like it, yeah. Hey, see what I've done here. I meet all these people. Well, I meet somebody the old stars. She's like, I managed Kevin Sullivan, who's my husband, Ric Flair, Doom, the Steiner Brothers, DC Drake, and then she could have been <laughs> Canadian Wolfman. <laughs> her favorite Ernesto. Her favorite Ernesto. Uh, and Ernesto Beneficio. <laughs> she, she lists them as two different people, even though it's the same guy. She's like, I managed Watsumi the Rising Sun, <laughs> American Ninja, <laughs> The Love Bug, <laughs> Toxic Waste. I also managed Hollywood Bob Star. Bob Starr. I managed a Walgreens. Archie Mitchell. <laughs> Archie Mitchell. <laughs> I had to get mine in. Yeah, she managed a Walgreens. Holy shit. Did she ever win manager of the year? Oh man, if woman I managed a I managed Chad Austin in a dairy department. <laughs> That's all right. Overnights. <laughs> because I I gotta go on first. At these shows because I gotta go help Chad with the, with the dairy and redness for overnights. So Paul's always gotta rewrite the show to write Nancy in early, so she can hurry up and catch a flight to Redner's and Redner's private. Um, probably multiple wagon or some shit. Why is she <laughs> and her fucking resume with DC Drake? <laughs> 
I swear she would have said her baby Vanessa and her Vanessa. That that would have totally been the best. And then Hanson murdered him. I just had to be like, oh no. Who's that? When Stan Hansen murdered Hervé Ernesto. I had to walk away. Dude, I, that was not supposed to be me. <laughs> I know. That's the that's the greatest thing of, of, of my whole entire wrestling career that never happens. Because <laughs> I can tell you that was what is going to be ugly. <laughs> And I may legitimately had just ran to the back, but but I always kept thinking about you hear the stories like it's safer to take a beating out here because you get into the back when you fuck up somebody's shit. Oh, that's even worse than what happened out there. So I was like, I just better take this shit. But luckily, it wasn't. It didn't turn out to be what it was supposed to be. Like I said, Sandman or woman essentially is blowing off Sandman in this promo. Which is great, you know. Like the, again, this this guy is he's worn out as used to me, and I'm gonna have a new client at November to remember. So, um, as always, good stuff from Nancy. And then we get re- recapping the extreme more as we look at the angle from uh, last week with uh, Born Again and Scorpio, which was good, but I didn't need to see it again. Um, recapping the extreme that is classic. That is really good. And then we get a promo from Scorpio uh, talking about the happenings from last week. And, of course, as we have documented on the show numerous times, Scorpio, great wrestler, not a great promo. Um, talking about the uh, the situation from last week where Bourne put the, uh, the, doink, the doink wig on him and, you know, welcome to my hell and blah, blah, blah. He calls it, he doesn't, he calls it the so-called green wig mask. Uh, yeah. Not a mask. It doesn't cover their face. It's not a mask. Yeah, that's what he calls it. He says, you're this so-called green wig mask. So there's a long way to get there naming that thing for Scorpio. Yeah. I I, I always appreciated Matt Bourne and ECW. Man, I say it every time on every mm-hmm. show that he, he's on. That I don't know what happened. I'd like to know more about what happened. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess. I mean, well, Matt Bourne's definitely, he's not alive, right? No, he's dead. Yeah, and then what, what's Paulie gonna say? I don't even fucking remember. Right? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like, like, what about what? Did he work with Tommy Cairo or something? Uh, I employed Doink. I don't think I ever paid him. <laughs> Bob Sar, he probably did. Um, what? I, yeah, that's one of them deals, man. Bob's gonna get Bob's gonna get two fifty for Doink. He's gonna get you can get a, you can give him whatever you want for Bob Starr. Put hits what he's getting for. Oh, I'm getting two fifty, daddy. And then he tries to weasel out of uh you know giving any any money back for many of these gimmicks. And I want all my gimmicks. Like he's gonna go home with an extra two hundred dollars. The only person in line for eight by ten with Bob Starr anymore is me. <laughs> and he only he only lives a few blocks away. I can just walk over there. Now he lives a little further away than that, but he don't live far from me, dude. He lives in a classic neighborhood, just like I do. Aaron, any uh. Any comments on the Scorpio promo? No, it, it, it sucked. It was a bad promo. And that was my thing about Scorpio was dude was fucking fantastic in the ring. Great worker. But promo-wise, just fucking horrible. Well, I thought it was 
from my notes, apparently, I thought it was tremendous. And I don't know, I, I didn't put like a smiley face or anything next to it. So just from, from what you said, it sounds like I meant tremendous as in it was awful. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. And likely oh. two, court, two court cannot cut a promo to save his ass. Never could, man. And then who do you put him with? Another fucking green guy early in his career? Fucking Bagwell. Mm-hmm. Them two fucking guys together, man. Seriously. They did. They actually did promos back in, like, what, 91, 92 or something like that? 90, 92, 93, yeah. They actually did a bunch of promos back then because I remember hearing them. And just be going, what the fuck are they these guys do promos for? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> this is this is not. Oh no, never mind. I forgot who was in. I'm just trying to think of where we're at in the hierarchy of ECW at this point. Like the uh, who who was really booking? Right? We're, we're Paul, Paul's booking now, right? And Todd's gone. Oh yeah, yeah. No, Todd's not gone yet, but Paul's definitely booking this. All right, so Todd's just cutting the checks, basically, or paying the checks. Yes. Paul's cutting them. That's about it. Paul's not mailing them. Todd's Todd's cutting them, but Paul's not mailing them. Um, Joey comes back on again, and he's talking about the Sandman. And now we're going to go to. He's going to interview Tommy Cairo. Fuck yeah, he's growing some vegetables. Yes, yes, he is. Oh, Tommy yeah. Cairo. He's going in the from backyard. Iron Man Tommy Cairo to Green Thumb. That's going to be his gimmick. Is like he's going to paint his I, his thumb green. It's going to be like an Asian spike or something. I was gonna say that's his getting. That's gonna be his WWF gimmick. You know, you got your wrestling dentist, <laughs> your wrestling plumber, your wrestling garbage man, and we and lost. Now. We lost Aaron, and we'll have your wrestling gardener, the green, <laughs> the green thumb Tommy Cairo. I love. Dude, it. We we have a lady around here, like we really have a super. It's like a super Walmart of a nursery. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it compares to, like, on the East Coast or anything, but it's easily the largest one in Maryland. And we have a girl, she comes on, she has a news segment, like, once a week or whatever on there, and she's always talking about the shit that she's growing. Like, I don't know. I, I'm not a, I'm not a, I used to have a, a vegetable garden, but that shit is not, you gotta take care of that shit. It's like yeah, oh, yeah. Around here in Ohio with, like, the 4-H thing and everything, you know, it's like, oh, you got the biggest pumpkin in Ohio, and stuff. people are proud of that shit. Like, look at this big goddamn pumpkin. pumpkin. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to grow eatable tomatoes and cucumbers. <clears throat> yeah, ain't that fucking hard? <laughs> I mean, you got to do a whole lot. You actually have to go get them. <laughs> After you get them, you only need, like, a little tiny hand shovel. Like, you're not, you're not, you know, you're not digging out fucking of a, of a prison or something. <laughs> These people... And they're big fucking vegetables. They're so proud of them. And it's like, wait. <laughs> the guy has the world's biggest radish. <laughs> and, and there's like little kids all posing by it. <laughs> and everything. And they're all pointing at it. <laughs> A bunch of I love New York t-shirts. <laughs> fucking idiots. Anyway. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like. Now, now in my in my little not I don't want to say older years, but like my midlife years, like when, when we go somewhere that's kind of like monumental or something, I'll do the cheesy the cheesy picture with whatever you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like if I go to Philadelphia again, I'll 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 well I'll gingerly walk the rocky steps, you know, <laughs> and I'll do that. And um, but yeah, but I, I, now I'll do it just. Because I'm just old, and I just wanted—I wanted to see if I remembered what it was like. Like we have a—we have a walk, we have a bridge around here. It's like 
I don't know. It's like maybe two and three quarter miles, this bridge. Mm-hmm. And every year they have a walk. It's for like you go out and you and you you, you get sponsored and then you go out and, buy, and get people to sponsor you. Okay. And dude, and there's they don't fucking put they don't come around following you with golf carts in case you fucking fall out. They, they you start that bitch on that bridge and you ain't done until you get to the other side. <laughs> it's brutal. Like because you start, it's like watching like the New York Marathon when it first starts. And you see this big mass of people, and then, like, you know, whatever, three hours later, you look and you only see about 40. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you start, you start hearing, like, like uh, the medics, they, 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 they ride up there, under, they have, like, bicycles with, like, rickshaws on the back of them. <laughs> They're just bringing out their dead. <laughs> hauling them off and they got these big walkie-talkies it's a fucking scene you gotta see this shit they they really haven't did it since covid because you can't get that many you can't get that many wrestling fans crammed up on a bridge of that size that's not good for business yeah these half of these people are like i'm gonna go home and try to grow the world's biggest fucking carrot yeah safe for me this, uh, like literally, they don't come around in cards and like and like see if you're if you're like you know bring out your dead. They don't go around and do that. So once you get on that bitch, you're on that bitch. <laughs> you know, you might you know how they, they do it in the in the in the marathons where there's always some jabroni that can't finish, and then yes. and then some other hand bone will come pick them up and like escort them across the finish line, but they'll still win. <laughs> but, but she finished. <laughs> I can you imagine if they just let him go? That's what I would do. I would just let him go right before I cross the finish line. <laughs> uh, oh, <laughs> you're so close. <laughs> so close. <laughs> to be a second. <laughs> oh, good Lord. That, that is, was there ever been like a good heel wrestling wrestler runner <laughs> in the wrestling? Mr. Fuji at WrestleMania four or WrestleMania five. What? <laughs> the, the, the thing they do with Fuji at WrestleMania five, where he's supposed to run the five K and then, you know, he does the thing where he cheats. He kind of shows up at the finish line at the end, but he didn't actually run the race. Oh, oh my God. Mr. Fuji. And the Islanders were there like, Oh, good job, buddy. Yeah. Dude, Mr. Fuji. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, you could make an argument. He's not going to be in the argument of being like the top 10,000 greatest workers, but he is a character. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and I got, I didn't, I never really got a chance to meet him, but my mom lives in Knoxville where he worked at the movie theater. And my mom lived, my mom lived, like, lives like real close to the mall. Mm-hmm. Where the movie theater it is, so she tell me all the time she sees him and and she looks like he's wearing the same outfit that he wears on TV. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, oh, boy, son, you want popcorn? Oh, <laughs> smoking upstairs to your right. Uh, smoking upstairs to your right. <laughs> oh, boy, son, you want to uh, see Sandlot? And on the way out, he just t- gives everybody a nod and goes bonsai. He's like, are you here to see my demolition, man? <laughs> oh, Mr. fucking Fuji. What Aaron, a we gem. Were, while you were away, Aaron, we were discussing the first Tommy Dreamer, or Tommy Dreamer, Tommy Cairo in his garden promo. 
where yeah. he, he they, they build it up that he's supposed to be sympathetic to the Sandman, but at the end, of course, the, 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 the big reveal is, I wish I was there. I wish I was there to watch him lose his eye. I wish I was there to hear the blood-curdling screams. They also said that he was on fucking um, satellite TV, and when they show him, he's like, completely pawed. Yeah. And then Joey goes to speak to him and then his body starts moving. Yeah, I, I um I didn't I didn't actually make a note of it, but I did notice that yeah, it was it was kind of weird. I, I don't know I don't know what that was. I mean what do you think they I mean they probably taped it outside, right? Like yeah. at the arena? I mean at the um the studio? I feel that they actually recorded this in fucking Cairo's yard, but every time Joey goes to speak to him, they're trying to say that he's, that Joey's talking to Cairo on satellite TV, but Cairo's paused until he goes to, like, give his response. So, I think... So, this this would have had to have been basically two separate interviews, right? Yeah. Like, like Tommy, they told... Tommy what to say about his promo so then they went back and watched it and then they they read they read or they wrote Joey's promo to go coincide with what Tommy just says yes yeah. there's a hundred percent chance that Cairo's promo was filmed first because I'm sure Paul was gonna have to look at it and be like oh good lord yeah well and that and this is where we're gonna have to insert Joey here we're gonna have to insert Joey here and it's a perfect place to make cuts, you know, make edits. Yeah. You know, if you have to. And then the other the other perfect thing to do when you have that issue is to cut to a Tommy Dreamer video or promo. Jesus. Does Paul think he's a show saver? <laughs> hmm, he's, the show, hmm, he's the show stopper for me, but not in the Shawn Michaels way. <laughs> he, he's, a, he's, he's the show FF. Like yeah, people, he's, should, he's, people should throw like fast forward buttons at him at the arena. He is definitely coming up here soon, Mr. Dreamer. Um, before we get to that, though, um, we have Ray Odyssey and Chris Benoit. Should be a good match, right? I enjoyed it. I thought they I thought they, they had a good match. Um, and it's two good workers in the ring. Benoit, it's, I don't know. Sometimes I see so much of the Benoit stuff from... WCW and the WWF that you see him, you see him younger in, in Japan or in ECW. And I'm not saying that he, he wasn't great, but you realize how great he was when he was younger and how much you God, just like a clone of dynamite kid. It's insane. Yeah, man, that was a, that was a pretty decent match. Like I, I, I actually knew, um, I actually knew Ray Odyssey before he got there because we used to work for Carluzzo. Mm-hmm. He was a constant Carluzzo guy, like like almost every show. And I like this gimmick because I I love fast time to raise my eye. That's exactly what he was doing. Right, yeah, that was definitely what he was going for. Um, Aaron, anything on the Benoit Benoit? Uh, sorry, Benoit Ray Odyssey matchup. Yeah, I think they did a good job. And Ray Odyssey is a very underrated worker. No, well, he can always go back to working for Carluzzo. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know what happened because I don't see any reason why. I mean, there's not a legitimate reason why he couldn't he, he couldn't or shouldn't have had gotten the job. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, nothing nothing jumps out at me. Like, I know he could work, and I'm sure that Tommy recommended him or, or at least knew who he was. 
Right. You know, I mean, everybody worked for Carluzzo, especially guys that lived in Jersey. <laughs> And that's what he was, and you know, I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it was money. You know, I don't know. It was never about money for me, man. Luckily, uh, luckily, I saved my money working to go do this stupid stuff. <laughs> God damn! I I, I I had I don't know what I say. I went to Memphis with uh twenty one hundred dollars, and I came back owing some broad like four hundred. <laughs> I mean, and I was only there for I don't know how many months. That's <laughs> great. Well, I, I was the only one that I was the only one that could afford to go out on during the week after the shows. That's pretty sad when you're like the only like boy, like one of the boys, right? Right. That, that's going to the bar after the shows. That's where like, you're supposed to go. I think I've mentioned it on the show before. One of my favorite, one of my favorite lines I ever, ever I've ever heard uh, from any backstage thing that I've ever heard about is when Jerry Lawler says something to uh, the effect of the. Uh, you know, if any is is anybody in the Memphis locker room on drugs? And Dutch Mantel says, "The way you're paying us, we can't even afford to be on food." <laughs> and that's just one of my favorite lines ever. Just to yeah, and and, and the worst part is it got worse when I got down. <laughs> it, it legitimately did because nothing they ever told me, nothing happened that they told me was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I never made close to forty dollars a night. Wow! I mean, and that I was working like when I when I actually physically worked for Lawler slash Jarrett, mm-hmm. it was only a, a few spot shows, like um, not too far from where I was staying because I I didn't have I didn't have a car. I basically had to borrow somebody's my friend's car that I was staying with, so I could only do like some of the closer spot shows. But yeah, it, it, it dude, I got I was getting paid like eight dollars. Really, seriously. Jesus, I should be I should be giving you eight dollars. Yeah, I was gonna say that's pathetic. I, I would have liked it better if you was just hand me the hot dog and, and a half drank coke. <laughs> I would have taken that because at that point I needed a hot dog. That's all because I, I can't afford to fucking eat. Right? Yeah, give me yeah, give me give me free food at least. Like that's that's the whole start of a career. You got you got to need something, <laughs> and then you got to go find a way to get it. So now I I needed food, so I had to go get a job. That they could pay me in hot dogs, so then I somehow had to keep working there until I had enough hot dogs that I could start saving whatever money they gave me. Yeah, I mean, I, dude, it was it, it, how bad is it that you literally? I literally had to take a, get a job and work for about two or three months to save up enough money to go lose it, and, and basically knowing that when you got there, because once you get there and you find out that they ain't paying, well, what 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 did they tell you they were paying you? Shit, shit. <laughs> yeah, you ain't gonna see that. And especially if you are, you're the green guy around here, you you ain't gonna see law at all, right? You ain't gonna waste an envelope with your name on it. Well, Benoit wins this match with a flying headbutt. Good match between Benoit and Ray Odyssey. And then we go into Tommy Dreamer interrupts Joey Styles. Well, he kind of interrupts him during the the middle of that match, but so now Tommy Dreamer's involved. We got Tommy Cairo, and um. Essentially, Dreamer's being melodramatic here. He's very melodramatic and ridiculous. But Tommy Cairo, I think Tommy Cairo's promo is pretty funny. Oh, it's it was fantastic. Who, Cairo, you said? Yeah, I thought that's exactly I thought, what I wrote. Cairo's funny. Yeah, this is, and actually, uh, we're going to try to play. I can try, uh, let me, I'm going to try to play the uh, some audio from it. Can't believe that I just put over a Tommy Dreamer promo. You didn't. You put over a Tommy Cairo promo. So that's oh, good. All right, I, I can tell you where the 
Tommy Cairo promo is the best. Well, let's let me let me play some of this. All right. Like, well, no, no, what do you want? The salad has been reconnected. We have Tommy Cairo from the back. Did he say a salad? Has been That's what it sounded like. Funny? Funny? You want to see funny? I'll show you funny. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Who's this? Oh, my eye! My eye! Oh, my eye! Seriously. That's funny. That's hysterical. Don't know what you're playing with, Cairo. Hello. 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 Peppers, whatever you want, we got fresh fruits. Nate, rewind it back. Rewind it back. Rewind it back, Nate. Rewind it back. I want to hear him say it. Hold on, wait, wait, wait. Who's this? Pause I love it. The, I love the. Pause it. Pause it. I love the tomatoes, peppers. No, no. Listen to him say fresh fruits. Play it. All right. That's funny. That's hysterical. Hello. Tomatoes. Peppers. Whatever you want, we got it. Fresh fruit. Fresh fruit. What's up with you, huh? What's up with you? Ah, shit. What's up with me? I'm sitting here in my yard in this beautiful garden, enjoying my vegetables, my fruits. This whole this whole entire feud is revolving around nine aisle nine A. Tomatoes. Rewind it. Nate. Seriously, go to twenty five oh four. Dude, that's great. <laughs> Tomatoes, peppers, whatever you want, we got it. Fresh fruits. <laughs> Fresh fruits. <laughs> Fresh fruits. <laughs> the way he said it. Fresh fruits. <laughs> oh, do we even have to do the ham bone of the week? <laughs> Everyone, fresh fruits. <laughs> we got peaches. Oh, what if you would have fucked that up? Fresh fruits. That's so <laughs> funny. When he says fresh fruits. <laughs> All of a sudden, Tommy Cairo is a haberdasher. <laughs> we, <laughs> <laughs> we were we were of complete. Like I picked up on something completely different than Aaron did, though. Like I picked up on the tomatoes. Pepper? <laughs> that was my that was my jam there. Dude, I love fresh fruits. That is the promo definitely um, of of a, of a uh, recent memory on that show. Oh my god! I'm glad we got to di- dissect that p- gem. <laughs> Boy, was that something else, I, dude! I, I almost feel, I almost feel like like. If we were just together, like happened to be in the same place at the same time watching this show, <laughs> that we would have to pa- we would be pausing it right there, uh, right as we we're watching it, and we would just be laughing for like another hour and a half, <laughs> and then we would forget like what we were doing. I'm thinking about us hanging out with that guy <laughs> around a campfire, and he's just like fresh fruits. 
<laughs> tomatoes, 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 peppers. I got tomatoes. I got peppers. <laughs> I got fresh fruit. <laughs> Settle the fuck down, Tommy Cairo. He, dude, he's got a lot of time to plant that fucking garden, man. He's got, he's got a he's got a long road to hoe. <laughs> <laughs> He's out there breaking his back, digging them whole Tommy Cairo, and he, I can't, I can't imagine all the, the wonderful gardens that are up in New Jersey. <laughs> I mean, the air's so clean up there. It's a garden, though, right? It's not a garden. It's yeah, a garden. like people that don't even need oxygen machines are walking around with them on. Vince McMahon, se- Vince McMahon Senior is like the garden is the garden. Yeah, so goes the garden, so goes the business. <laughs> <laughs> how's the tomatoes? How's the peppers? Yes. How's, the fresh, how's the fresh fruits? That, that's the new way of uh, when um, whoever's running the WWE decides to take up a, a, hobby, a hobby of being like a garden grower. He's going to, like Bruce is going to bring that up in the, in the, um, in the talent meeting. Is there fresh rhubarb out there? <laughs> yeah. Who, 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 in the, who in this locker room is the fresh fruit? Yeah. <laughs> who's the frozen peas? Because <laughs> if you're the frozen peas, that's the shit. Look at like, that you know, guy. <laughs> Look at that like, guy over there. Rhubarb <laughs> rain. Yeah. Who who in this locker room is going to get carts? How many carts can you push at one time? <laughs> well, 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 sir. I can only do four. Oh, come on. You do three, and then you, it takes you longer to do it, so you got to do anything else. Come on. Well, at least that's what I do. We're going to go with rhubarb reigns. Rhubarb, like Roman Reigns? Rhubarb Reigns. Um, I, I, I was a big fan of what? Rhubarb, was it Rhubarb Jones? or Rhubarb, rhubarb Jones. Jones. I loved that, man. I loved that. I loved old Rhubarb. I didn't know he was, I didn't know he was like a big, he was like a big AM radio star in Atlanta. That's like one step above being on ham radio. Ham bone radio. Yes. You eat. Rhubarb Jones was PG man cow. Oh, I mean, no, he was he was not even he wasn't even in that even in that genre. He was more of a straight news dude. You know, he didn't do any of that wacky nonsense. We have a couple stations up here that are like that. Like, dude, why would you listen to that nonsense if you're driving to work? (laughs) (coughs) They're all being serious. Oh shit! Up next on the ECW show that we're reviewing. We have a uh, promo from Shane Douglas, the ECW champion. Of course, he's doing his shtick about Ric Flair and all the so other promotions. And fresh, fresh fruits. <laughs> what? I, I, can, I, I can't. I can only imagine Cactus Jack doing one of his great ECW president uh, promos, and he just cocks his head and goes, instead of saying "bang bang," it's fresh fruits. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like what? <laughs> like it's gonna catch you on <laughs> fucking Tommy Kyra going fresh fruits. <laughs> yes, highlight of the show. <laughs> That's pretty sad. I really yeah. like Stetson and Rebel. But we'll let Nate see what he was saying. Oh, I was just the next thing on the show. Like I said, a a, uh, a promo from Shane Douglas, the ECW champion. Just kind of talking about the uh, competition that he has. Of course, he has to bring up Ric Flair, um, which, like Aaron says, has said in the past, I understand what the, like it was something different back then. But you look at it now, and it's like you're you're talking about your company. You're trying to put your company over, and you're talking about the other guys. You know, you're harping on the other guys. Well, that's what that was Shane's gimmick, right? I mean, that's what we're talking about, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, he's he's trying to get himself over as the best wrestler in the world, and he was good. He was never the best, but oh, he wasn't even. He was probably not even the best wrestler in the ring most of the time when he was saying this stuff. Right. I mean, there there was a time I would say I would say Shane was. I don't know. He had a couple of really really good matches in ECW, but I would say most of them probably involved Terry Funk anyway. Hmm. I guess right. Yeah, I mean his matches with Sabu were decent, but that was just more of the attraction of it, you know, to see to see yeah, Sabu. It, was, it wasn't a psychological, you know, you know, chess match out there. It was let's watch Saint Shane get like what he has coming to him, you know, by like the young and reckless guy. And right. I mean, they didn't even show a finish, did they? I don't think so. I can only imagine what the finish was. What do you think the finish would have been? Shane and Sabu. This wasn't even a Shane match. This was just Shane cutting a promo, and he had a mustache. Like, he shaved his goatee off, so he just fucking looked like a pedophile. Yeah, he could have came out to the ring with Chris Hansen. <laughs> like, literally, when Shane's walking to the ring, like, Chris Hansen does the deal, like, when he, when you, he walks out of nowhere on the show. Yeah, he walks into the dining room with <laughs> Yeah, like like walking down the aisle. He gets out of there and he's doing the whole Shane spiel. And then all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, Chris Hansen just shows up. He's like, you know what you did? He's like, yes. do you want do you want a belly to belly suplex? Or the <laughs> Do you know how do you know how old that person was? Yeah, it was uh Nancy Sullivan. She's 39. But when Kamana Wanalea danced across the ECW arena, she was only 12. So we got to <laughs> talk to you. Yeah. I, dude, I, I regret not being there for Kamana, dude. I missed that because I'm sure, I'm sure that that shit went down, like, you know, in the locker room. Oh, I'm sure she was passed around, you know, pretty fondly. You know what I mean? It's just too bad that she was only there. What happened? She went. She wasn't there for not even a month. Maybe, maybe six months at the most. Like six months, or she happened to be doing a taping, and she was on like six months of tapings, and maybe a house, one of the, a house show or something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember her. I've never met her. Like I don't remember her being there. So that's. I mean, I, she was never. At least if, if I was there, I didn't know that she was there and or, or on the show. The after the Shane promo, we go to our main event on this show. And it's good stuff, pal. Cactus Jack and Sabu, how can you go wrong? They, they do. I like it when they do them spots to where they kind of like fall differently. Mm-hmm. They don't take like a traditional bump, and they end up in like odd positions. And Foley's especially good at it when they do like that guardrail shit. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, I mean, at this point, the fans are getting smart, and they know it's coming. So he's wiping out the first five rows. Yeah, these guys are the personification. These two guys are the personification of what ECW is trying to get themselves over as a company at this time. Something different, an alternative um, to what you're watching on the other shows. And this match is, um, I mean, damn. Like, I'm pretty sure it's not bullshit that Sabu broke ribs hitting that guardrail the way he did. Oh, yeah, completely. No, it's not bullshit. Who, who the hell didn't even know if Sabu came into that match already with broke ribs? Right, yeah. I'm sure, I mean, he was never, he was never, like, I mean, I don't know how you say it. 
Like he didn't walk around and promote like how banged up he was, but you could see it. You know, he had tape around his knees, you know, mm-hmm. and like he had tape on his ribs all the time. And, you know, you could just see that this fucking dude, his life shelf ain't very fucking long. Right. <laughs> and, and considering that he, that he started his career so mm-hmm. late, mm-hmm. you know, but I mean, doesn't he and still kind of do it? That's that's not good at all. This is the match where Foley, um, in his book, talks about um, the first time he heard Sabu talk when he hit that fucking moonsault and fucked his ribs up. It was like time, time, I need time. And then Foley had to work with nine one one, and it's so, so they, fucking... they really didn't go over anything then. Yeah, and if you watch the match, fucking nine one one injects himself into it. And he hits like nine punches on the Foley and he's blown up. Like he's sweating after hitting fucking nine fucking punches and Foley's just like taking it. And um, I seriously think that Sabu fucked himself up in this match. and didn't know what to do. Yeah. I mean, that's completely 100% believable knowing Sabu. I mean, what what was the worst that ever happened? That he ran back to the back? No, he didn't even run back to the back. Didn't he wait for somebody to get the tape when he cut his arm? Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. Oh, when, he went, when, when he tore his when he tore his bicep in that fucking barbed wire. Going match. to be wired. Yeah, he had Fonzie fucking tape him up. Fonzie came running out with the tape and just wrapped him up, and all of a sudden he spoke English then. Like, it was great, but you never hear him talk or anything, but you basically hear him right on TV, like, telling Fonzie to go back and grab tape. And he's like, oh, he can speak. But no, he'd rather just point up to the fucking, he's pointing out to the janitors what lights need to be changed. (laughs) (laughs) That's what he, that's that's his gimmick. He's really a fucking, he's really got a fucking light, light tube fetish. He's the He's the lighting quality control specialist. That's right. He's all he's pointing out the flaws <laughs> as he's laying down there, just selling. He's looking up and going, "Oh, that's a completely different fluorescent. That's a that's some shoddy craftsmanship." I thought we were. <laughs> I thought we were going green. And that's what uh, like like Cactus is whipping Sabu into the ring, and Sabu's trying to call a spot. And he goes fluorescent, uh, the illuminated, and Cactus is like, "All right, whatever. I'm just going to close on him." <laughs> what Sabu lays there so long? He, he's up there. He's up there checking the phosphorus. <laughs> you know, these kilowatts could be way off. Like Aaron said, they have a they have a point in the match where nine one one and Paulie are are kind of distracting from the fact that Sabu's really hurt. But these guys just beat the shit out of each other in this match, and it is I I enjoyed it. Um, the uh, the bottle is wicked. No, and and I I have that written down here. That bottle was probably supposed to break on the first hit, but uh, much like much like later on in '99 with the chairs with Mick Foley, it was just you know we're gonna we're gonna do this until we get it right. And at the at the uh, the the um the sacrifice of his own brain. Sabu just keeps repeatedly hitting him in the head with this bottle, and it won't break. It uh, hurts worse when it won't break, right? And I think I think what he cracked him maybe like at least six, seven times with this. Yeah, seven times. Wow! And that was way before Foley making the big money years too. 
Yeah. I mean, this definitely wasn't the first ridiculous thing that he's done, but it ranks up there. I mean, every other bottle that you ever see used, it was work. And basically, you could always tell by the way it broke. You know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, what was it? Didn't Kevin Sullivan it, it do a mulligan? Yeah. That was the worst. Yes. That was... That was yes. single-handedly one of the worst executed angles ever. Because you could clearly see Sullivan's hand was nowhere near Mulligan's eye. And, and yes. then while it's like two inches away, all you do is see Mulligan gigging himself. And it's like, this is ridiculous. Who's director? Who's the director of this? Why isn't somebody saying, like, pull away? You know, switch to a different camera. You're showing the guy gigging himself. Oh, good Lord. Outlaw Mudshow. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. You <laughs> took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say that's some Outlaw Mudshow bullshit. Um, but yeah, overall, like I said, this match was a good way to end the show. Sabu winds up uh, pinning Cactus Jack after Jack kicks out of the split leg and, and, and many other attempts from Sabu to pin him. It's, it's the bottle that eventually puts Cactus down. And we are heading to, these guys are going to have, are supposedly going to have another match. At November to remember. And we'll find out if I'm right or wrong, but I'm pretty sure... I don't know if that match happens because I think Benoit breaks Sabu's match or neck before they get there. Uh, yeah, we'll find out. Yes, we will. So overall, guys, in our, we've had some connection issues tonight and such, but it's been a fun show as always. Aaron, thank you for the belch. And what is your final verdict on this episode of ECW, Aaron? C+. Plus. Yep, still a C. Not, not not even a C plus, just a regular C. It was you know, a decent show. Uh, Tommy Cairo <laughs> promo was the highlight. But no, and in all seriousness, I mean Jack and Sabu obviously no, hey, don't don't disregard it. Fucking Cairo's promo it was the it was honestly the best thing on the show because like they were like trying to give sympathy to Sandman and why would and and they were like, oh, let's have Tommy, let's have Tommy Cairo come on here. Why would he give sympathy for it? And and he did a great job. Yep, I really, think, I think he did a fantastic. I I think that Cairo shit was the best stuff on the whole show. It was funny. It was engaging. I didn't want to stop watching it. We rewound it like four times. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. You're, you're right. It was entertaining. I'm going to reach out to Tommy Cairo and find out what kind of moss that he <laughs> Because I, I'm definitely rethinking about growing a garden back in the backyard again. Yeah. Tomatoes, peppers. That's right. <laughs> Whatever you want. Fresh Please. fruit. <laughs> fresh fruits. <laughs> that fresh fruit shit. Fresh, fresh, it's fresh fruits for rotten vegetables. <laughs> Fantastic Grateful Dead record. <laughs> if, you, if you can find that it, it's worth a listen, it's only about nine and a half minutes. And it's like it's like 17 songs. Well, that being said, gents, we will wrap up this episode of Reliving the Extreme as we're heading toward November to remember. And I think, like I said, again, we're going to find out, like Chad said, we'll find out. I don't think um, things go the way they want it to as far as Sabu goes because I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure the Benoit breaking his neck thing is happening here very soon, but we will find out. And uh, any parting words for our listeners, Mr. Austin? Negative. Aaron? Um, I do have. Um, just listen to us. 
Um, if you enjoy our podcast, listen. Who's to the, the hand bone of the week? Oh, who's the hand bone of the week? I would say us. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Our internet connection is the hand bone. My internet connection is the hand bone of the week. All right, we'll go with it. Mine's fine. I'd All say right, the we'll hand. Go. I'd say oh. the hand bone. I'd say the hand bone of the week is my internet connection. Sorry. All right. Well, with that being said, fellas, let's wrap this up. Take us home. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us this week on Reliving the Extreme. We'll see you next week. Have a great week, everybody. Work. Reliving the Extreme is a production of Maxin Out Media, all rights reserved.